on page 38 on the beginning of Ice Hay of the Mimer. Just to recap what we said in Ice Dalid. We spoke about how the Avas Oilo Mavtano Vailikenu, Hashem's essential, eternal love for the Jewish people, is a lot higher than the love which derives from the seven years' love, meaning the love, the love of emotions, which means in godliness the. Uh, the way that Hashem conducts the world according to nature, or in a person's soul, that love is expressed in Ashkocha Pratis. Hashem has on the Jewish souls more than all the rest of all of the rest of creation, and specifically refers to how the the emotions of the of the godly soul, which exists in every single person, are a direct de- deriving from the emotions of godliness, the midas of Hashem, and Hashem's essential love is so much greater than that, and, and also greater than the av of Esser Shonim of ten years, which is the love of all the ten spheres, which is still a love which is in the chain of creation which the idea of how this love is expressed within the world is the ten utterances which, with, from which Hashem created the world through them. And that love expressed in the person's soul is the how the ten, the ten spheres of Hashem are direct, descend, and become expressed within the ten kachas and nefesh of the person. And even the love of Me'ashana, which is a love which derives from Keser, the love of Hashem, how it's being funneled through Keser, which is a level which just is totally transcending this chain of creation, which that the idea of that love, how it's expressed in the world, is the fact that there is kadmin, but Hashem created the world through kadmin, meaning the kadmin being a primordial, meaning a level which transcends creation. Which that's a revelation of the um, uh, of the energy of Hashem, which transcends creation within the worlds, which basically produces the anhaga hashlamalimateva, a miraculous event within creation. And the idea of this expression, this av of of, of Me'ashana and the person's soul is the Rusa Daliba and Oyinaga Atmi. It's this deep desire, this deep pleasure, the essential pleasure that a person has in godliness, which transcends, which is above logic, which is above all of the regular soul powers that a person has, of regular love and regular fear, etc. This is something essential, driving from the deeper level within the soul, a level which transcends the regular soul powers. But still, it's just a limited level because in the end, it's still Kesser. We still call it by a specific name and define a definition. And whereas the essential love, Avas Oilam, is something which is totally essential and cannot be defined at all, deriving from the very essence of Hashem to the very essence of the Jewish souls. And therefore, it is eternal because it, there's nothing that can get in the way of that essential love. And then we said that every single type of love, whatever love it may be, whatever level that love is, is a direct reason, a source for Rachman, for, for compassion, for mercy. That Avas the Siba, the Rachman is Masubav. And it's the known, the general rule. Every mesubov is lefi oifin hasiba hamasabavoy. Every product is a is very similar to the cause which which produced it, and so too we can say the rachim, which is derived from these three types of loves, they give rise to three different types of rachim. They they're each one being a lot higher. The Abba of, of Sheva Shalom is driving for the Midas is producing a level of Rachmim on a lower level. And then the Abba of Eser Shalom from all the ten spheres is producing a, a Rachmim which is on a higher level. Etc., etc. But, which is not the case, the Masubav, the product which comes from the, the Avatzmis, the essential love, which we call it a different term altogether because it produces something totally different, which is Chemla. Pity, compassion, but in Hebrew, different than Rachman, which is a, a lot higher level than the even the highest level of Rachman. So the idea of Chemla is expressed in two ideas, two ways. One is on something which is very, very precious, very, very sublime, very high, very special, um, not so found, meaning something which is not so common in existence. Like, um, that is what we can say, we have chemla on that thing. Like, Shaul says, Shomal on, on the best of his flock, he had chemla for. So, one thing that chemla could apply to is something which is Yoker Metzius, Dovra Yoyster, Naila And the second thing is chemla is Shaykh to the Cholish Varofet, something very weak. So this is what it means. We say, And then right after we say, Because of the Ava of the essential love, that produces a different type of feeling of mercy, not just regular mercy, but a chemla. A lot greater chemla have you had chamaltalinu. So this, the eternal love, is not like the other types of love which we spoke about before, which produce rachmim. Rather, this love brings to chemla, which is a lot greater than rachmim. And that's why we make all these bakashis of Hashem in this second blessing of the Shema, which is the blessing, which the theme is the Ava Soilam, the Ava Atzmis, which produces the highest level of Rachim. And therefore, when, when we're basically being 
shine upon from this highest level rachmim, we can get all the bakashas done. And that's why we're asking all these things. All these bakashas happen here. Because we're accessing the highest level of mercy, which can get the most done. And after all these all these bakashas, um, we say and we, we ask the questions why double lashon of, of busha so busha means personal klima is something which is brabim, which is publicly and means klima is a, a lot greater embarrassment than busha so we have to understand what are these ideas of busha and klima here that we're speaking about in, in davening and why does it say we should not stumble which comes um, which comes after the bush and the klima. Seemingly, it should, have, it should have said, please don't let us stumble in order that we should not come to be embarrassed. Don't let us stumble even on the smallest things or on bigger things, more serious things, and please, even on more smaller things. But we say it the other way around here. We're marked in the bush and klima, and afterwards we say, which from that it's understood that the michshel, this stumbling block, is a hemshech to the bush and klima. It comes after, it comes directly from the bush and klima. Um, meaning that through the things which cause this embarrassment, afterwards they they cause also a stumbling block. And this stumbling block is something which applies forever and ever. How does that make sense? We know that nothing can truly cause us to be distanced from Hashem forever. If a person does true, authentic tshuva, that can always bring him back. So there is no such thing as a mishal which lasts forever. So all this is what we request, we supplicate for after first prefacing the requests for mercy in the first two blessings of Shema, and then after that, we come to this Why are we requesting mercy first and then in order and only afterwards getting to this? So then we first have to understand the general idea of Rachman. Two reasons for Rachman. One is Remus. Second is Hergish. They're totally different. Hergish implies that you're very close to the subject of the Rachman, whereas Remus, you're very removed from them. And the difference between them is that the reason that Hergish, the feeling, the empathy is actually a direct cause for the Rachman, whereas Remus is not a direct cause for the Rachman, rather, it's an ingrained nature in creation. Hashem basically rooted within creation, this deep-rooted idea that a, it's a teva of the Meremim to be nimshach to the shuffle. So therefore, it's not the havdola, the removedness of the entity which has the mercy, which is which is causing the Rachman. Rather, it is a teva. And being that the Hergish and Meremimus are totally different in their ideas, so those to the Rachman, which they produce, are different. And what is the difference? At first glance, you might think that the rachim, which comes from the hergish, is to anim and ashidim equally, because you feel their matzav, and therefore you you feel also that the asher has chesrenis, and therefore his chesrenis is different from the ani. But you want to give to him too; you have mercy on him too. And the rachim, which comes from the neimus, like you just said, is only to the shuffle. But the truth is that actually the rachim, which comes from the neimus, is to everybody equally, because it's coming from a level which totally is in a different realm from the subjects, and therefore all the subjects are equally are basically even the richest person is considered like an ani compared to that rameless. And the, the rachim which they produce is also a lot greater. Whereas when you just are related to each person, you have a lot more mercy on the ani than the usher. That's the rachim which comes from the hergish. The rachim which comes from the rameless is the, to everybody equally. And because the rameless, from the perspective of the rameless, essential removedness, you have equal mercy for the usher and the ani because they're equally, totally nothing compared to that level of the rameless atzmi. Starting So now the analog for this idea, how it exists in godliness. These are the two different ways of the influx of Hashem's of the drawing down of Hashem's mercy, divine mercy, onto the creations, which come from two different reasons: the feeling of kiruv, the feeling of closeness to godliness, and the feeling of being distance from divinity, which both are derived from the attribute of Malchus. Like we said in the previous Mimer, these two different ways, the Arimimcha, the Remus of Malchus, or the fact that Malchus is the Malkir, the, the direct source for the Malchus Malchus of the the created worlds. So these two different aspects or levels within Malchus, how Malchus is Meremim, like the king, is uh, totally removed, exalted from the creations. From that comes about the Hashpas Rachmim, Hashem's divine mercy in the way where it's the meremum, the totally exalted mercy which we, said, we just explained that it's on everyone equally because it's in a totally different realm in totally the creations therefore everyone's equal in um, the perspective of this Rachman from the level of the uh, Panimius of Malchus
when the Rebbe of Malchus. And then there's the Rachman, which comes from how Malchus is the source of creation. Therefore, it's the Malchus, the Rachman, which is, comes from the Hergish, the feeling, um, the empathy, which that gives over Hashbal of Rachman to each Nivra according to its specific chesrenus, what's lacking. So that is, this is the example, the, the analog of how it exists in Godliness. These two different types of Rachman, which comes from either Rebbe or from the Hergish, come from the how Malchus, how Hashem is expressing himself through his attribute of kingship, <coughs> but two levels within that attribute, how the kingship is still totally removed from creation, or how it is already becoming a source, direct source of creation, therefore a kirov or a hergish. And this, the rachmim, the which comes from the um kirov, comes from the feeling of the kirov, which is how Malchus comes to the direct source of creation, that is the mercy, divine mercy, which comes from the reason of being the feeling, closeness, the empathy, the fact that this divine energy, which is going into being a direct source of creation, feels, is enclosing in every single creation in an internal way, according to its capacity. Therefore, feeling every single creation according to its nature, according to its specific details of the creation. So, that is the Rachim, which derived from the Malakulam, this, how Malchus is already becoming the light of Hashem, which fills all the world, the more contracted, condensed, limited divine energy which is enclosing into each creation according to its level. That's why it's called Mamale Kol Omen. It fills all the worlds, meaning it fills in an inner way, in an internalized way where it becomes one with the creation. Like the soul becomes enclosed into every limb, organ of the body in a specific according to the capacity of that limb or that organ. So that's the idea of Mamale Kol is the revelation of Hashem's divine energy into each and every creation according to its specific capacity, its specific content character. Which is the idea of the individualized divine providence. How Hashem watches over and guides every single creation individually according to its specific level, according to its needs. Which explains other places that this Ashkacha itself, this fact, this providence that Hashem watches over and guides every creation is that itself is the life force the sustenance of every single creation. If Hashem would remove, remove his Ashkacha, the fact that he watches over every single creation, that would, in effect, remove the actual life force from that creation. So the Ashkacha itself, the fact that Hashem clothes in every single creation in an internal way, that is how Hashem is being mashkiach on every single nivra. He is giving it an inner life force, and that inner life force is basically Hashem's involvement in every single creation. His, his ability, his, his watching over his providence over every single creation is because he's enclosing into every single creation according to its specific capacity, its specific nature. So this Sudachmin, which comes from the Hergish, from how Malchus is the source, the direct source for the limited worlds, is the idea of a Malachlomim. That's the Rachmin, which of which come from a Malachlomim, this the divine energy which encodes into every single creation, which is the individualized divine providence. And the other type of mercy, which comes from the nature of being of the one who is exalted above the subjects of the mercy, who gili That is the idea of revelation of divine energy, which is called sevikolm, which encompasses all the worlds. Like we said, that this type of energy, it's seviv, it encompasses in the sense where it encompasses and is makif above all the worlds equally, kol only, which means, like we're going to say, obviously does not mean that Hashem is literally above the worlds and spatially, but it means in, in space, but rather a above in the sense of gili, of feeling. It's a unlimited revelation of divinity. And therefore, even though we're not speaking about Hashem's real Hashem's actual essence, his true essence, which is above the realms of both infinite and finite, which are still in an abstract way definitions, even infinite is a definition. But this is Hashem's revelation, which is an infinite revelation from him. And therefore it's Savi it encompasses all worlds equally, because all worlds no matter how high they are, they're still in the realm of limitation. So therefore, this, this, just like the famous example it says in Tanya, that compared to the Ein Soif, or Blik Vul, the, the highest number, a million, a billion, and one, are equidistant. They're both equally insignificant because they're not in the realm of infinite. Infinite is not a number. It's above the whole idea of numbers. So this is the idea of the highest worlds of Atzilis, the lowest world, Atzir, are totally equal compared to Seviv. That's why Seviv call Almond. So the Rachmim, the divine mercy, which is drawn down to creation, which, which is coming from this idea of being Menaimam, being exalted, removed from creation, that's the revelation of divine energy, which is removed from creation. This is the infinite revelation of Hashem, which encompasses all the worlds, because 
compared to that to that revelation, all the worlds are totally equ- equally insignificant. Like the Alter Rebbe writes in chapter 48 of Tanya, explaining there what is what is Seyed Kolom. When we say that Hashem is Seyed Kolom, He encompasses all the worlds, we don't mean this in space, meaning He's above and actually spatially above the worlds. God forbid to say that about divinity, about something spiritual, that it's above. We're not, we can't apply physical terms to these, this divine energy which is totally above the idea of space and time. Because it's not shayach, you can't, it's not relevant at all to speak about space when we're speaking about it at a spiritual level. Which, therefore, when we say it means that it is behelim, it's above, it's an above in the sense of it's concealed from the creations. It's such an intense revelation, such a, a high revelation of divinity, an infinite, unlimited revelation, therefore, the limited creations cannot grasp it, cannot connect to it at all, and therefore, they call it as if it's above them. Which, uh, like we say, that a person says, when he hears a concept, but he said, that, that went way above my head, that was above my head. What does it mean it was above his head? Obviously, he heard it, and he could repeat it to you, but he didn't understand it. Therefore, it wasn't revealed, it didn't become absorbed within his mind. So, when he says it's above his head, it doesn't mean that it's literally above his head. It's makifim. It went into him, he could repeat it to you, but he doesn't understand it. It wasn't misgala in him. So, that's the idea of sevi kolom. And that is the source of this higher level of malchus, which is Remimus, it's exalted from creation, and from that is drawn down this Rachmim, which is to everyone equally in a more abundant, more intense, huge revelation of Rachmim to creation, like we said, from the Remimus comes the, the biggest level of Rachmim. And from that is come from the, the Save of Kolom, how Hashem, an infinite revelation above creation. And this is the general the difference between the light of Hashem, which fills the world, the light of Hashem, which encompasses the world, the air of Gilev Malakolom, the light of Hashem, the revelation of Hashem, the energy of Hashem, which fills the world, which is the inner life force of all of the creations in the world. This is something which is understood and comprehended to every single person, to every creation. This inner life force. Every single person has the ability to understand this idea. To understand this idea of the, the inner life force, which is within him every moment and giving him energy, giving him life. In his human intellect, according to Moivsim Chaitchim, clear cut miracles, clear cut, not miracles, clear cut um, signs, which are literally Mamuchash, that you can, you, they're empirical, clear, clear cut ideas, which you can see from looking at yourself. Mamash Babriya. So, what are the things which could show you clearly that there is this idea, this highest, this inner life force, which, in, which is contracting, condensed into each creation according to its nature, according to its capacity? from the fact that everything was created something from nothing how did this whole creation come to be it must come from a source the fact that I exist already tells me that there must be something which is in giving me life every moment and in the life force of all the creations the fact that we see that the, the creations are alive you see that the trees have life that the, the, the grass grows that the planets move all this is showing you clearly that there is an inner life force because you see that there's a difference between something a creation which has no life within it, a dead creation and a live creation, like it says in other places. What is the difference between this chicken, like the Tzemach Tzedek says, and the chicken on the plate, which the person's about to eat, and the chicken that's alive? They're both made of the same um, contents flesh, blood, bones, sinews, etc. Obviously, no blood out there if you're eating kosher, but the point is that they're made up of the same parts. The live chicken also. What's the difference? There must be a neshama, a chayis, which is giving it life. And that's the same thing in all of creation. You look at a creation and you can see just from the way that everything is growing, everything is alive, that there must be an inner life force here or else it would be just inanimate beings. So this is something which every single person can understand with their human intellect from just clear-cut signs within the creation that there is an inner life force of a molecule which is in everything. everything. Everybody has the ability to understand this. And just from the, your very own person, the, the, the energy which you have in your life, the fact that you're alive and you look at yourself and your hand moves, even though it's made up of just in, inanimate, just inanimate uh, parts of skin and bones which have no life, the fact that there is life within them shows you that there must be a chayas of the key. You feel it. You feel it just from the fact that you're alive. Which comes from the like the famous thing it says that from my flesh I perceive Hashem. From my very flesh, Meaning from the fact that I see that my flesh, my flesh which has no life in and of itself, is alive and is able to move and able to feel and 
is able to feel the fact that with your hand you can touch something, you can feel the texture of that thing, what is allowing you to feel that? Seemingly, you're just touching one substance to another substance. What's the feeling? What's giving you this ability to feel that substance? Or to feel any interaction between your friend, these feelings that you're feeling in your heart. These are all the shamadika things. So this shows you clearly that there's a chayis within you, an energy, a divine energy, a spiritual energy, which is giving this, this, this idea to live, this ability to live. So everybody has this ability. The difference between Malikol and Zivikol that the, the, the godly energy of Malikol, which fills all of creation, which is the inner life force of everything, it's something which is understood by everybody. Everyone has the ability to understand it with his human intellect from clear signs which you see within his, his own life, within the world, within himself. Which is not the case when we're talking about the light of Hashem, which is encompassing all the worlds, the infinite revelation from Hashem. It doesn't come into a saga sikhlis It doesn't come into a um, intellectual comprehension, a clear, clear-cut intellectual comprehension, like it is, like we said, that's, which is true by the light of Hashem, which fills all the worlds. But for the Seve of Kolomim, you need to have a special type of understanding, a unique understanding, which is called, in Lashon the Gemara, it says, to understand, when it's explaining, explaining what Bina is, it says, to understand one thing from another thing, to extrapolate something from something else. Not just understanding this fact, but understanding something deeper from the one, one, one uh, Indian Sikhli. So, and in Chassidus explains, in Torah Eir, Actually, even Parshas Bereshit, it's, it's it, the first mimer explains the, the deeper idea. This love and dover mitoichdover to understand one thing from another thing. From the toichdover, which means the toich means in the sense, in the sense of which is something is within. So that's the idea. Mimalikolim is mimali. It's filling the the toich, the inner the inner being of every single creation. So you're understanding one thing from the toich dover, from the mamalikolim, which is toich, which is within every single creation. You're understanding, you're coming to understanding of the light of Hashem, which encompasses all the worlds. Shem is a funny idea, which these, in general, is two different types of comprehension, of understanding. There's one where you're understanding the actual thing itself, like we said by mamalikolim, you're understanding that there is a divine energy, a, a spiritual life force within every creation. Just from Mipsari Echselika, I see it clearly from my own flesh. And that you can actually positively, you can actively understand that itself. Whereas a higher, something which is above your realm of comprehension, like Seviv Kolomim, it's not in a clear-cut intellectual understanding because it's an infinite revelation of divinity and therefore it's above the worlds. It's not revealed within creation. It's above our capacity to grasp this. So for this, you need a different type of understanding, unique understanding. It's called the Havin Dovermi Teich Dover. That from the fact that you understand and you understand that in a positive way, you positively, actively can understand and can understand concepts of this idea of Hashem and clothing to all, onto all every creation, you can actually connect and grasp and comprehend that energy itself within you. From that, you can extrapolate and understand the idea of this divine energy which is above creation. And that's the idea of which is the knowledge through abstraction or through negation not that you know the thing itself but you know something by understanding what it's not what it isn't so these are the two types of knowledge positive understanding and negative understanding that when you're talking about what is a positive understanding is when you're understanding the actual essence of what that existence is, You're, you have a you have a, a hasaga understanding, a comprehension, a grasp in the thing itself. Like the Malikolmi, you can actually understand that oyer itself, that chayitz itself. Not that you're you don't understand it, but you can understand it from other things which will tell you about it. No, you have clear cut proofs and clear cut knowledge of this of this oyer chayitz penimi, which is in everything. And Yediyasashlila, knowledge through abstraction or negation, is that the actual thing itself, what you're trying to understand, it, you do not grasp at all. The Muhusayatsmi, how it is in its essence, how it is in and of itself. You can't grasp that thing itself. Rather, you can know it in a way of negation, of abstraction from the, that which you do know in a positive way. So, from, from what you do know about Hashem, from what you, do, what you can understand about Hashem's energy, However much you understand, then you understand. You say to yourself, "And all this is not what Hashem, Hashem's infinite revelation is." The the Savior of Kolim. So you get to the, the highest level of Yediyasachiv, positive understanding, of things which you can grasp and you can comprehend in your mind, and then you say, "But Hashem is even more abstract from all these ideas." So you're understanding through negation.
um, and however much more that you understand in a positive way of understanding, that's you'll, you'll get even higher and higher in your uh, your knowledge through abstraction. So the more that you understand, the higher levels you understand in godliness, and the, the higher level of understanding you come to in these levels, the more that you'll be able to ascend higher and higher in your idea of of shlila, of abstraction. Because then you'll see, oh, I understand this is this about the level of divinity, this level of divinity, this level, and all this is still not the level of sevukol, which is even transcends all this. So therefore, if you only if you only understand the lower levels, so then you'll say, oh, what what, what can I know through abstraction? Then I'm only knowing lower levels. But the higher you come in the ideas achiyuv. Then you say, but all this, which I knew three days is nothing, is not really what I, is what really is what this uh, Savior column is. So therefore, the more you know positively understanding, the more that you'll know through the abstraction. And also, the other way around, through through this knowledge, through abstraction, you also will ascend in your, in a higher, a lot higher level in your in your positive way of understanding which comes after the idea the idea the knowledge through abstraction. Usually you, you think that through understanding positively, there I can the higher levels I can, the higher I can get through this understanding, the higher that I can ascend in the knowledge through abstraction. But here we're saying even through through your other way around, through your abstraction, you also will come to a better knowledge in your positive knowledge also, in your hasaga and the thing itself. Besides the fact that knowledge to abstraction is a lot more refined and, um, yeah, a lot more refined and abstract, basically, knowledge. It even brings a toyelis, a benefit to the diyasachiv. Not only that in, its, in and of itself is a lot more abstract and refined type way of knowing something than the diyasachiv. Because the diyasachiv, you're just understanding the thing itself. You're not, you're, it's only limited and only yeah, it's limited to your understanding. Whereas the idea is not limited to your understanding at all. It's farkert. It's going above your understanding. It's abstracting. It's saying what I don't understand. So besides that fact, it even has the ability to bring a te'elis, a benefit into your idea Somebody who deals with, who is engaged in understanding things, understanding intellectual ideas through abstraction, then he's even bringing a benefit into his 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 way of understanding things and understanding the hasaga in the thing itself will also ascend to a higher level. The more that you basically refine your intellect and you, by dealing in the abstract, the more that your also regular understanding of things, which you can understand, will become more refined and more uplifted and more abstract. So therefore you'll start to be able to understand levels in godliness which you can understand but in a lot more refined fine-tuned a lot more abstract spiritual way not so much balbasha not so much more that you're getting distracted by the physical mashalim you'll actually understand the nimshal behind them a lot more the more that you deal with that the idea sahiv knowledge to abstraction the more that your knowledge your positive knowledge of the things itself will also become in a lot more abstract and spiritual and refined way these two types of yidiyah, of yidiyah sechiyah, and yidiyah are two types of comprehension in a way of abstraction, in a way of halbasha, of enclothement. Abstracting from what the concept is not, and halbasha, actually understanding the concept, what it is, and clothing into it, and understanding it, what it is, engaging in it. Which in general, this is the difference between the revealed aspects of the Torah, which mainly is the theme is the idea of halbasha of muskel, enclosing oneself into the existence of the thing which you're trying to understand, meaning actually understanding the thing itself, the etzamadavr, trying to be understanding what the actual thing is, and that's in the revealed aspects of the Torah, when you're understanding the halachis and all the things which we can actually understand what the metzias of these things are. And the difference between the inner core of the Teira, which mainly the study of the inner core of the Teira, the inner, the inner aspect of the Teira, Chassidus and Kabbalah, etc., its main theme is through abstraction. And that's in the core, the essence of the intellectual idea which you're trying to comprehend. So, and when you're learning Gali Shabbatayda, the Iker is Halbasha B'Metziyah Sadaver Muskel. You're mainly relating to understanding the actual Metziyah of what the thing is. 
what is this existence which more that's the external more external layers of the intellectual ideas which you're comprehending and in the Pneumisatayda and Kabbalah and Chassidus the main theme here is Havshota you're abstracting what things are not you're stripping away layers and layers of what um, what godliness is not and through that you're coming to the to the essence the core of what this idea is this intellectual idea of the greatness of Hashem which you're trying to understand is so Havshota like it says in other places of you're trying to strip the concepts from their physical layers from the physical analogies which we which we speak about in Kabbalah and Chassidus in order to get to the essence the core of what the idea is whereas in Galiyash Abateda in the uh, Nigla Gemara Mishnah etc Halachis the whole point is you're trying to engage in the actual what is the Metzias here what am I, what am I talking about and when you understand the Metzias then you can understand what the Halach is in this Metzias but you're not stripping away the Metzias if our character you're involved in the Metzias in order to understand what the Allah is, whereas in whereas in Chassidus and Kabbalah, the Pneumisatayda, you're stripping away the external layers to get to the essence of what this idea expressing the greatness of Hashem really is about. So now let's take an example of this. The difference between the way we approach the revealed aspects of Tayra and the hidden aspects of Tayra, being the difference between these two types of Yidiya, Yidiya Sechil or Yidiya Sechlila or Yidiya in a way of Hasagab in a way of Habasha in the Metzias or Afshata, which allows you to get to the Mahus. So, for example, in the the law of the four different domains of Shabbos, which have to do with Haitzah, from Yishus to Yishus. So, when you're learning the revealed aspect of Teda, meaning Gemara and the Halacha, etc. So that your your focus here when you're learning is in the actual Metzias of the Rishis. What is, what are the existence, the ideas of these four domains? What is the definition of these different types of domains? The private domain, the public domain. That's what you're involved in. That's what your focus is here. When you're learning the inner core, the secrets of the Torah, the hidden aspect of the Torah, when you're learning this halacha, what are you focused on? You're focusing on here is not the physical layers of what these what these the definitions of these four different types of domains are rather you're stripping away the physical layers the physical levushim so to say of this concept and trying to get to the core of it which is the revelation of the godly energy which are drawn down and revealed into the four different types of rishuyes the four different types of domains which are the four worlds atzilas briya which are synonymous with the four domains rishuyachin obviously being like we're going to say now atzilas the atzilas rishuyachin elama achtas Atzila is the world of emanation, which is not a new created world, which is rather just a revelation from Hashem, which from that which, which has already existed beforehand. The Esther Sfidus Hagnuzis, how they're hidden within Hashem's essence, revealing now in the world of Atzilus. Therefore, it's not a Nebetzius, it's not a Nivra. Therefore, it's the Rishus Yachid. It's the domain of the Yachid, of the one, of the unique one, of the only one, of Hashem, who is the only existence. Oilma Achtos, which is called in the Lashon Kabbalah, the world of unity. The world in which Hashem's unity is and His uh, oneness is truly expressed. Whereas the lowest world of Asiya of action is called the the public domain. And why is it the public domain? It's the domain of where where things think where where you see Rabim, you see the hepech of the opposite of Hashem's oneness. You actually you start to see the multiplicity that there's many different types of existences here. They all have their own independent existence. Which what it seems like. Tura de Pruda, mountains of separation. Meaning each mountain in the sense where a mountain is sticks up, up above the ground, showing off its yeshas, its mitzias. The eye exists. And they're a Pruda, they're all separate different mountains. Meaning each mitzias, being that it feels itself as its own independent existence, is separate from the other. Whereas in the in, in Atzilus, everything is a skalus, is included with each other. There's inclusiveness because there's such a bitl, therefore each svira can be nichlo and be in skala with the other svira. Chesed shebegvura, gvura shebechesed, etc. So these are the two types of domains, how we're learning about them in the Pneumisatera, where the main focus here is Hathshata, is abstraction, meaning is stripping away the physical layers of these ideas of the four domains and understanding of the spiritual godly revelations, which are the source for these physical ideas. Or when you're talking about a different halacha of the law of Hamachlif Padabachamir, switching 
a cow for a donkey. Laws of kinyonim of uh, um, acquisitions and chalipin, a kinyon acquisition done through a method called chalipin, switching one thing for another thing. So, what is the halacha in that case? When you're in the revealed aspect of the potato, your focus is on the actual existence, what's going on here, the physical layers. Meaning, how you see it physically in these physical creations of a cow and a donkey and switching them, and what is the law in this type of uh, kinyan. But when you're learning this halacha, and focusing on the inner core of it, the the hidden aspect of it, the main idea here is when you're stripping away the physical reality over here, it's really talking about the idea of of the concept of refining uh, the divine sparks which are hidden in all physical things, uplifting them and connecting them back to their source, which is one of the explanations of the purpose of all of creation, sifting through the physicality and finding the godly purpose within everything and thereby connecting it back to its godly source. The parda. So, what? How does this halacha re- relate to the idea of um, birudim? The parda. We're talking about this parda machli parda bechamayir, the cow. Hook the kabilas mismolik. The zayar says about the parda, it's kabilas mismolik. It receives its divine energy from the left side, which is the le- the side of gvuda, the side of um, severity of tzimtzum, of holding back from the revelation. Shuhu inyan aritcha the aritcha zadamim. Which an expression of this idea of Buddha is also the idea of Tigboida Sakhayas, of this intense, intense revelation. As we know, there's two expressions of the idea of Gvuda, and the Gvuda of overpowering strength, or a Gvuda of, which also, this overpowering strength is an inner strength, meaning a restraint, holding yourself back, which takes an intense strength to have self control. So, Parda, this cow, has it comes from the left side, like Zara says. And what's the idea of the left side? Gvuda. It's an expression. expresses itself in this idea of a This burning, boiling, bubbling um, blood. Blood is warm, coming from the left side, from Gvuda. Whereas water, it's cold and flows. And that comes from the right side of Chesed. So the blood, which is the source of life, that's because it has this boiling this heat, this natural heat to it, because it comes from Gvuda, which is this idea of this fire, of the natural heat. This overpowering energy. So the part uh, in the spiritual terms, when you're abstracting it, when you're stripping away from its physical layers, it refers to this divine energy which comes from the left side, meaning the reticha, the boiling heat of the left side of the reticha sadamim, of the boiling of the blood, the natural heat of the blood. And the idea of what does this mean in our divine service? Who there was in velt, somebody which is has a cook, meaning he's literally has baking in the world. He has a kach. He has a lust, a desire. Uh, he really enjoys being involved with worldly things. He's not just involved in the velt for the sake of his Avedis Hashem, but rather he has a kachin velt. He's engaged in velt. He, his, his desire, he loves velt in and of itself. And that's the idea of kach, cooking something. That's the idea of the reticha, the reticha zadamim, being the bubbling, the boiling of the blood. So that's somebody referring to this parah, who gets its energy from the left side, this boiling blood side, it refers to somebody who is overly involved in the world. And the general idea of this boiling of the blood, the heat of the blood, which when it's how it's involved, it can be also involved in something good. Like it says, the Torah the is that which is boiling within him, is making him boil, making him get heated. So even this how it comes in the the, um, the the positive side person that gets angry over things which are in terror subjects you have to refine that uplift it besides the fact that somebody who comes to anger it says it will, he will automatically be more close to coming to um, uh, making mistakes when he's learning so how is this dealing with birudim Part of Chlal is talking about somebody who's overly involved in Velt. So that's something you have to refine. I mean, you have to uplift. You have to take your involvement in Velt and instead of being involved in the Velt for its own sake, rather find the physical purpose, find the godly purpose within the things that you're involved with in Velt, uplift them, connect them back to their divine source. That's finding the sparks within the physicality. So that's one thing you have to refine. And also, even in the, the, the we know that there's a, a aspect there's yeshus in everything. So even in the Kedusha, in holy aspects, we have to also refine the sparks within them. So somebody that's, that's learning Torah and he's getting upset 
whether whatever it may be, because somebody's disagreeing with him or because he's not understanding the halacha properly, whatever, if he's involved, if he's getting too upset in his learning of Torah, making him very upset, making him boil, that also needs to be refined, uplifted, returned back to holiness. Because when you're learning in such a way where you let your anger overwhelm you, even though it's involved in a holy thing of learning, you can come to make mistakes in your halakhic decisions or in your understanding of things because your emotions are starting to distract and get in the way of understanding the truth of the halakha here. Besides that, anyone who is angry, including even somebody who's angry about positive things, about holy things, about learning in, in the realm of learning Torah, it says in Chazal, somebody who becomes angry is as if he's serving idol worship. So therefore, any type of anger, even if it's involved in learning, angry over somebody disagreeing with him about the lacha, angry over his opinion, etc. That itself is a Vedazara. Why are you getting angry? Anger is a sign that, why am I angry? Because I, because this is not how it's supposed to be. What do I mean it's not how it's supposed to be? Hashem is everywhere. Hashem is, is Mashkiach, His individual divine providence. He's involved. He's conducting the, your affairs. So if you're angry, that shows you're saying that Hashem is not here right now. So that is a form of idol worship. You're saying that there is an entity which is independent of Hashem, and that's why I'm angry because it doesn't. This is not how it's supposed to be. Or of course, it's how it's supposed to be. Hashem is involved. Hashem is controlling things. So therefore, even if you're angry when it comes to learning, that's also a form of idol worship. And therefore, we have to refine this. Meaning, we have to push away any any expression of this idea of this boiling anger, this this feeling of gevura. Whatever type of expression it may have, whether it be in holiness or unholiness, in the velt or in learning, we have to push it away, and that's how we're going to refine it. And this is the inner core, the essence of, meaning when you abstract the physical layers of this this um, negative commandment, the, the commandment of not eating blood. You should not eat blood. What is the inner message of this commandment? That you should not be involved in anything which is this push away anything which is dam don't eat dam meaning don't digest don't get involved in anything which is a kach when it comes to um, a negative expression of this boiling blood anger which is expressed in anger and fire obviously not in the sense of fire when it comes to being excited and enthusiastic about your fulfillment, fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs, but when it comes to a negative expression of this Gevura, a Gevura when it comes to anger, when it comes to um, this, yeah, being angry or a kach, when it's involved in negative, when you're a kach in, in Yom Yom when you're lusting after physical things, this is called dam, this is dam, this is something forbidden for a person. You should not eat dam, you should not be involved in things which this with this negative lust or with anger, whatever it may be. That is the premius of Mitzvah Lisa, say of this negative commandment of let kol dam leisichilum. And this is now how we refine this aspect of parah. And now we're, we're stripping away the physical reality, the physical layers of this concept of machlif parah b'chamayr. Switching the parah, the cow for the donkey. So parah is the idea of refining the, the, the left side, which is the fiery, burning blood which is expressed either in the lust, in physical physical lust, or in anger. And then there's the other aspect, the other animal we're mentioning in this halacha, switching the cow for the donkey. What's the donkey? The refining of the donkey. Like it says, in the, saying, the sages say that a donkey, even in the time of Tammuz, which is usually a hot time in the world, it's very cold for him. So we see that the nature of the donkey is one of coldness, indifference, apathy. Opposite of this idea of the parah, which gets from the left side, which is from this heat, this boiling blood. And what is the bitter of this, the bitter of the chamer? We understand now the nature of the chamer is this coldness, indifference. Shabbat Veda. So in, in our divine service, the expression of the idea of the chamer is, inyana chamer hu inyana chumris. It's the idea of the coarseness. We're not just referring to the coarseness of the body alone. The body becomes, can become besides Gashmi, just being that in essence it's just a physical entity, but a person adds to his Gashmi of the group by being making it Khumri, coarse, by being overly involved in physicality, which just makes a person more and more grub, more and more just entrenched in physical. 
So we're not just talking about the chumnis, the coarseness of the body. Also, person bringing coarseness into his um, soul powers and into his senses, the sense of sight, sense of hearing, sense of touch. Person bringing a grubkite even into the spiritual aspects of his being. Shiyashmi, what is this? How how do we understand this? Shiyashmi, shiyashloi, keiches v'chushim dakim, because there are some people that have very refined, very fine-tuned keiches uh, powers of intellect and emotions, and their, all their senses are very very refined. Obechol inyan ve'inyan hu teifis haruchnis adachshuboi, and that type of person, any anything which he's involved with, with these keiches and chushim, he always attaches, he always grasps, he always understands the spiritual aspect of it, the more refined aspect of anything. He gets to the true essence of the point. He's able to see the abstract ideas behind things and instead of getting distracted by the more outer layers of it. So somebody who is more uh, refined in his inner soul powers, he gets the, the dakas shabbat. He always understands the deep, uh, more refined aspects of everything. Er is, er is a lane edel, unemt yadr in edel. He himself is very refined, and therefore everything he connects with and tries to understand, tries to grasp, also he, can, he, he grasps it in a very refined way. We're on the top of page 39. And then there's somebody whose soul powers, intellect, his emotions, and his all of his senses are very grub, very coarse, and very thick, meaning that they're very coarse. And that, what does this mean? It is a lane grub, and grub. He himself is very grub, and therefore he also grasps things, he connects to things in a grub way. So a person, you have people that are very refined, and therefore whatever they understand, they understand things in a more refined way. They don't just connect to the outer layers of things. They truly, they're able to pierce down to the core of things. And you see this in people that are more refined, they've refined themselves as people, and they refine their, their brains and their emotions a lot more. So when they relate to people, or when they relate to intellectual ideas, they are able to grasp the essence of these ideas, the more the spiritual, the abstract, instead of just connecting to the outer layers. They truly get the concepts. Or somebody who's brought a certain grubkite into himself, or he's born more grub, he's not born with this natural sensitivity, he gets things in a, a lot more, a lot more, he connects to the outer levushim, to the more external layers of these concepts, and, and to the more external layers of, of relationships with people, etc. He doesn't see the dakus, the refined, uh, abstract, core of, of things as much. The chamayir, so now going back to the chamayir, which the donkey is this idea of, of coldness, of indifference. So the idea of the chamayir is chamayir from the word of chumrius, of coarseness. And what does it mean when the sages say that this coarseness or this donkey, even in the, the hot times of Tamas, it's still cold for him? Somebody who is in this level of the Chamer, meaning he's very coarse and grub. Even if he has very sublime, very exalted um, soul powers, intellect, and emotions, and Chushim Nailim, but if he has. If they become grub and coarse to such an extent, that even in the time of Tamas, in the hot time, what does that mean? And even at a time when there is an extra revelation of the Shemeshavaya, of godly revelation, basically, meaning a, a very high godly revelation of the core of godliness, the inner core of godliness, because of his grub kite that he's brought into himself and his coarseness. He stays, he remains kar, he remains cold. He doesn't feel this godly energy, this good light which is shining upon him. So he needs And we know, to this aspect of this chamir, he has to refine it, to uplift it, to push it away. So a person that's uh, in the chamir aspect is very good up, coarse, and therefore he connects to things in a very coarse way. He, he just only stays in the outer layers of reality doesn't get to the inner core of things and that's because he's made himself very good up he's too involved in physical he stays involved in the outer levushim of everything he doesn't look for the inner core of things and just from his over involvement in physicality making him more and more grub therefore he makes his feiches and his chushim also grub and what does it mean then that this person that's on this level of chumri meaning his chumri is very he's very chumri he's very coarse what does it mean that this chumri is even when it's hot he's still cold meaning even this person 
he could be, he has, potentially, he has very high kachis. He has the ability to have a really refined seichel and refined midas and to connect to things in a deep way. He was born with this, 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 this capacity, but because he's overly involved himself in the physical world, basically he's caused a coarseness to come into his kachis. And now, even when there is a tkufas tamas, there is a hot time, meaning hot heat in the sense of Shemesh Avaya, Shemesh Mogan Avaya, like the Shemesh always refers to the revelation of godliness. I mean, even, the, let's say, in the times of the Tishri, of the high holidays, which there is an extra revelation of godliness, or on Shabbos, there is an extra revelation that Liyasa Ilmis, Yom Tif, even in those times where it's, it's extra hot for him, meaning there is, within the world, in Eisratzen, a revelation of the divinity in a more higher way than usually, because he has brought in a coarseness into his life and into his body and into his soul, therefore he's not going to be sensitive to this revelation which is happening. I mean, it's still going to be car, it's still going to be cold and different and unaware of this this extra level of divinity which is being revealed and should be felt by this person. But because he's brought the chamoyer into himself, this chumris, this coarseness, he's not going to be sensitive to it. I'll stop there. Six lines to the top of page 39. But just to recap, so we're just in the middle of explaining that in these two type, different types of asaga of Afshata and Halbasha, understanding the Matthias or something, or the abstraction, stripping away the outer layers of things and getting to the core, the essence of the concept. We said in Nigla the Teda, your, your main focus is Halbasha, understanding the Matthias. What are these, the definition of these four different types of domains? And the Pneumus Teda is understanding the inner core of them. What is the God, the energy, which is the source for these ideas? And then we related that also to Amachlif Parabachamir, switching a cow for a donkey. The don- the cow is the, which it receives from the left side, which basically its theme stands for this idea of Retichas Adam, this heat when it comes to being overly involved and lusting for physical things, or the anger, which can be expressed in anger over things which are unholy, meaning being angry that something didn't go my way in business, etc., which is and obviously not not right because then you're saying that that thing that Hashem is not running the world properly or even in anger when it comes in learning Torah that's also a negative anger and you can come to to come to make a mistake so you have to be you have to refine these this aspect of the para to refine it uplift it push away any type of and then there's the which is the humanist a person can become grub and therefore he is tafest things he connects to things in a very grub way because he himself has brought a grabkeit into his life. And therefore, even somebody, that's what it says, but of a chamir, he's in the time of Tammuz, when it's hot outside, it's still cold for him. Meaning, even when there's an extra revelation of divinity in the world, like on Yom Tov, Shabbos, etc., he still is unaware of it and cold to it because of his chumris, which he's brought into his life. And that, this has to be refined also. So we're, we're trying to understand the idea of, uh, of hasaga in a way of afshata. Here you're being mafshit, you're stripping away the physical layers of these concepts to understand the, the spiritual messages behind them. And that is the main theme, the main way you learn Pimis Vatera. I'll stop there and six times at the top of thirty nine.